You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. I'm not even going to give you a, like a warning. We're, we're going. What's up, Military Millionaires? I am your host, David Perret, and this is your co-host, Alex Felice. And you guys don't see this because we're not usually recording, but on every single time we have a guest, at some point I get told to shut up and start recording because I'm taking too long prepping the, video, prepping the podcast. Well, today we are recording episode 100 of the Military Millionaire podcast, and Alex and I prepped fucking nothing, and it is just going to be us reminiscing and talking about where we started and how we got into real estate, how we got into content, how we got into wherever this ends up. And it's going to be good. So that's, uh, I'm not going to introduce him. I'm just going to roll right in. Alex, when was the first time you realized real estate was it? Wow. I did not expect you to ask me that question. I just made it. So, I told you we didn't. I don't, know, I don't know how much of a backstory I want to give here. Let's see. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, that are that are out there starting real estate or you know starting personal finance in their or businesses in their in their 20s and you know that was not my story i wasted my entire 20s drunk and and other things <laughs> other non-productive things um so i got sick of that as you, I was lucky I got sick of it because a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people enjoy it their whole lives. So I got sick of it, not getting drunk, but being my primary focus. Um, and so I found personal finance first and I highly recommend that anybody who's going through the journey of real estate, you start with personal finance because, well, my idea was, man, I'm truly, I'm really back jumping around here. The idea was, Hey, look, I got to fix this money problem because I'm always stressed out about money. And so real estate was not the answer for me first. The answer was, I got to learn about money. If you understand something, then you can control it. So the idea was, let's go learn about money. So I, I started with personal finance and then I went and got a finance degree. And then I worked at a bank because I figured, well, they know how the money works. So if I can, I can work there, then I'll learn how this works. And so I, I got started saving some money. Um, I ended up with like 15 grand, which was a real lot for me at the time. And uh, I was like, what do I do with this? And that's when I started looking for like, okay, more than just saving. Now I can, now I'm in my balance sheet is in the black. You know, now I have some money. What do I do with it? So it was 2013 or so. And so I don't remember where it was, but I stumbled across, you know, real estate. Um, the prices are depressed because of the, the recession. And I was like, look, I didn't want to start a business because I'm lazy as fuck. I didn't want employees because employees are the highest overhead of any, and liability of any, of any expense in any business. Um, it had to be passive. Like I'm lazy, right? Well, I, I want the res right to, I reserve the right to be lazy at my convenience. I don't want to work today. I don't have to go. So I wanted that freedom. Uh, it had to be tried and true. I really didn't want to start a business that was like, you know, a gamble, not even a gamble, just like some passion project that I was hoped would make money and ended up, and I was afraid that I ended up hating it or it would change. Like, starting an app or starting some like restaurants, like those things are not long-term, you know, a restaurant, that's a three to five year play. So I didn't want to sink a bunch of time into something and then have to re-sync it in five or three, five years or just not work out. So five I, years into a restaurant and then fucking COVID happens and that would have worked out real right. well for you. 
hundred percent. So I was like, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want employees. I had to be passive. I didn't have any, I didn't have that much money. So I had to be able to use debt and it had to produce cash flow because my goal was freedom, not equity. Um, so like the stock market wasn't really where I was looking because you can't, you got to sit on those gains. You can't, they don't pay every month. Not really. Um, and surprisingly enough, there's something that fits all those boxes and that's real estate. So I dug in super hard. We bought a foreclosure in 2014 that I just, I think I all in for $50,000 on that house and appraised 18 months later for one fifteen, um, which again was really good for me having been broke my entire life. Uh, yeah. So, and I've been doing it. So I was like, this is, anybody can do this. This is easy. <laughs> I think, I think people overcomplicate it sometimes, but it really is as simple as like, here's income, subtract expenses. This is more. Okay. Like, at the very if you core. Don't know, if you don't know personal finance, if you don't understand finance, income statements, balance sheets, cash statement of cash flows, if you don't understand the difference of these, if you don't know what the time value of formula money is, then my personal suggestion is people go from, hey, I hate my job and I'm broke to I'm going to start real estate. And I think that's, I think that's an error because real estate involves debt and risk. And if you're already mismanaging those two things, then why would adding more make you better? So my personal recommendation is start with personal finance, get your, get your house in order and then go buy another house. Ah, <laughs> um, so that's my personal, that's my personal recommendation. And look, people, they really want to go fast, but they look at me like they think I go fast. I go really unbelievably slow with things, but that's why, that's why things are so easy for me. Cause I lay huge groundwork for my endeavors. Well, and the other thing is like, like what you said, uh, we've talked about risk of ruin and, and barbell and all these other risk things on other episodes. But at the end of the day, my books. if, if your finances are in check, you can actually afford to take those risks that will net you potentially more. But if your finances are a shamble, nobody's going to lend you on a really risky deal. No one's going to lend you on, you know, you, you're going to take this risk. And if you fail, which you will at some point, then like now what you like, you're totally screwed. So like, that's one of the things that, that's like my favorite thing. I think about like being a young military, like a guy who's in the military trying to invest is like, I have had deals that didn't go well, whatever. But like, if I completely got just obliterated, like lost fucking everything on a deal, I still have housing allowance. I still have food allowance. I still have a career. I still have like, I can, I can fall back and my like worst case, like state of existence is still just normal middle class. Like, so it's like, if you have your finances in check or you have a, some kind of security like that, you can afford to take a risk and not, it won't destroy you. Whereas, you know, if I was broke and had no job and I was like, fuck yeah, zero down, let's go. That, that could potentially end very, very badly and put you in such a hole that like, even mentally that you just don't recover from it. Uh, military guys have a problem where, they use their, what you use as a safety net, they use to stretch. Um, and so it's like, hey, I get two grand a month, whatever it is, income. I got three grand a month. And so it's like, spend three grand a month. It's like, no, first spend nothing. Then the $3,000 a month is your safety net for when you go off and you buy a $150,000 rental. You know? Yeah. Um, but that's a very forward thinking thing. And that's something that I, I don't know when that happened, but thinking forward is so important. Like if you're in real estate, like every loan, all the mortgages are 30 years. Like you better start thinking long-term, bro, not five years. Third, like my mortgages aren't going to be paid off till I'm in my fifties. 
Yeah. Like I have to plan for that life now. I mean, it's hard, but you have to think about it. You can't stop. You got to stop thinking for next weekend or this weekend. Geez. Right. Like if you're thinking for next payday. So that's what the time value of money is. The time value of money is an incredibly simple formulation um, that I learned in finance school. Everybody learns it in finance school. Right. But it's like, it puts it on paper that there's math for you, for the amount of years that are going to go by. And when you see it on paper, you're like, it just becomes real. And you're like, hang on a second. If I do this in 10 years, like, you know, I was just before that we started this, I was fussing. I was like, look, I'm, I don't make that much money. A lot of that's my fault because um, I don't take money for a lot of things. I'm just so charitable. You know, the other part of it is I lie, and, right? Like, and I'm humble. And humble. Uh, the other part of it is that I lie, right? Like I do make decent money. I just, I never spend, I live poor on purpose. Um, and also I see rich people. So I'm like, well, I better shut up with my little, my little nest egg that I'm doing fine. I just like the fuss. Um, well, but it's a mentality. If you live poor as you're trying to grow and build and whatever, and you tell yourself it's like different people, different, different strokes for different folks, right? Like I look in the mirror every day and I tell myself I'm a fat piece of shit. And then I go run. Some people look in the mirror and they say, oh, you're making progress. That's just not how I communicate to myself. I look at my bank account and I say I'm a worthless sack because I dumped all this cash into paying off debt or paying this or paying that and there's nothing in my actual bank account. But that doesn't mean I don't have money. That just means I put it elsewhere and then I tell myself, like, you're a piece of shit, work harder, make more money. Like, whatever. Yeah. David, get out of my head. Self-loathing. I live in (laughs) self-loathing. Hang on. Let me... uh... You make my hair go. You don't stand a chance, my friend. <laughs> Got a few inches to grow. <laughs> hey, um, okay, let's uh, let's let's actually let me start because I was gonna I was gonna come out of the gate with this. I wanted to say thank you. <laughs> oh man, and I was went a totally different direction and brought the heat. <laughs> don't try to predict me, bro. Ever <laughs> that is a mistake. That is a mistake. Don't try to predict me. Bro. I, fact, I was just trying to be unpredictable, and I feel like I accomplished that. You can't out unpredict me. <laughs> is that a thing? It's going to be like the uh, worst podcast recording ever if we go crazy. <laughs> no, it's the best. Um, it's the best podcast recording. Um, no, but I want to say thank you. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what people think when they, you know, I know you have really dedicated um, listeners, and I hope that people have liked the addition of me coming on here. This was not something that you and I really planned. It was really impromptu and. I don't, I hope I'm adding value. I really do. I hope I'm adding value to you and the listeners, but, um, you know, I did a podcast and I hated it. Um, and that's, that was good for me to quit that podcast, but I'm really thankful that you let me do this one because, um, well, it's easy. So if it turns into anything, this is low risk, high reward, (laughs) but it's (laughs) no, I like, I like adding, I like trying to add value. Um, obviously, you know, I wish my military experience had gone differently certainly financially. Um, and so any part of helping the next person not make my mistakes, I'd like to be part of. And I was like hanging out with you. And I thought you'd get sick of me far sooner than this. So I'm very grateful to be, I don't know, is this a really official, am I really officially, I'm not really the officially the co-host. It's just, I'm always the co-host. I'm always the unofficial co-host. I like that better. There you go. <laughs> but anyways, so thank you very much. This has been a fantastic experience. I'm glad that I could be on episode 100 with you. So I just want to stop and say thanks. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And uh, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, no, I appreciate it. And I, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback and, and no negative feedback. It seems that, uh, as predicted, we we play off each other fairly well on the show with, with our – I guess we're both high enough on the D&I scale that it, it makes for a good show. But, um, you know, we're – but – uh, as so far did, as so how did you so how did you start the podcast? That's what I was. That's what I wanted to lean into. Okay, so 
honest story or no name drop like <laughs> so the, so the honest story is that at some point in like december of 2018 i had done a couple of youtube videos and i was talking to brandon turner at some point and he was like dude just do a podcast and i was like eh, you know i've already got all this other stuff going on and he literally was just like dude you take the audio from the video you made with an interview and you upload it ta-da podcast and then it was kind of like a oh well i just got basically called out for being a lazy bum yeah let's give it a shot um dude honestly brandon's like the reason everything that i have done exists like he was the catalyst to me starting a blog in the first place and having an idea to write about and then the catalyst for the podcast now obviously there's been a whole lot of other things in there but like that's a true testament to like two or three conversations with someone who's farther along in life can just directly change your your life forever and it's not like i went up to brandon and was like will you be my mentor it was just like a, I, hey man i'm thinking about doing this like you know, and, and like normal conversation and it just came up and it's like, well, what about this? And that dude, if you've ever hung out with him, that guy's got ideas for days. Um, he is like an idea factory and Brandon got me started on YouTube. Yeah. Not, not completely, but partially when I saw him at, I've hung out with Brandon a few times now, like briefly, not like we're not boys or anything. Um, and what did he say to me? He said something just hit me like a ton of bricks. So simple too. He goes, um, and I don't think, I don't I think I had heard it before, but you know, sometimes you just need that person to say it again. And I was talking about YouTube and I was like, Brandon, I was just so scared of YouTube, but I feel like I could be really good at YouTube because, um, you know, you the personality and the skills. Yeah. So, and he goes, uh, you just gotta do it, dude. Kind of like you said, he's like, just do it. He goes, and he goes, you know, what the key is to YouTube. He goes, you got to overact about 15% of your body language. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, you know, when you see me on there, I'm excited. He goes, in person, I look ridiculous. I'm really excited. But when it comes to the show, it just looks good. And like, I know you've seen some of my videos where I've gone super hype on my YouTube. And it's like, dude, in person, I couldn't even do like, <laughs> it's yep. just, it's, it's, but those kind of things. Yeah. Brandon will just sit there and he'll just, he'll rattle off some of these little bits of wisdom. And, um, but to your point about mentors and, and, what you said about people who are ahead of you, I call them close carrots. It's something I talk about all the time, actually. A close carrot, somebody you can see dangling in front of you. You know, you don't go ch chase Grant Cardone, who has 6,000 units. You chase somebody, if you have five units, you chase somebody who has 20, you know? Yep. Um, but close carrots, I've been fortunate to have a few. Lee Huffman, do you know him? Yeah, the ball Lee team. Huffman was my first real estate close carrot. I, like I had him. one property, he had five. Um, he got me started blogging. He got me to FinCon. Um, and then we met. And then Mindy. Mindy was a was a good early mentor for me. She uh I was uh I was on the BP forums just you know talking my smack. And she reached out to me about five years ago out of the blue. And she's like, Hey, I'm the community manager here at BP. I just I know you put a lot of advice in the forums. I just want to say thanks for your participation. And so, dude, I I was like, okay let me feed that flame and swole. And you know what people underestimate about me is I play the ultra mega long game and I do it discreetly. And I don't do it like with, I just mean like, I know that I, if I invest in people over the long run, it works out. So I said, let me fan this flame. And now, you know, five years later, she's the one that got me on the BP podcast. She's the one that introduced me to everybody over there. In fact, yesterday she called me for some advice about uh, how to deal with some drama on the forums, but you and I, as another like close carrot, right? I came to you. I was like, dude, I don't have a, he's got a podcast. He's got a YouTube, he's got a blog. 
he's doing all this stuff. Let me just hang around this guy's mustache and see if I can it'll rub off on me. Yeah, I just want to clarify real quick for those listening that when Alex says feed the flame, what he he you got to think more of like a kind of like a cross between like a leech and Stockholm syndrome. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, if I just hang out here long enough and bug the shit out of this dude, he's either going to like kill me or we're going to be best friends. It's one of the... <laughs> no. Dude, uh, Stockholm Syndrome... <laughs> oh, Stockholm Syndrome is exactly how I des- describe my style and I have for years. I've heard like, you say something similar. <laughs> like, here's, here's what I do, right? Because I'm a very... I'm an intense dude. And in person, I think I'm worse. Like, I think on the podcast, I've probably seen tame compared to... I'm faster in person. You and I I'm both. Little... I think that's normal. Yeah, you're nicer on the podcast too. Mm. I mean, you seem more... In person, you're a lot... And people are just more visceral. Yeah. It just comes off because you have body language with it, right? I'm like, we're both very, I don't want to say imposing, but, um, you know, the confidence comes through yeah. in body language too. <clears throat> Plus I'm, you know, really excited and I, I like to get in people's personal space and whatnot. And so, yeah. um, you know, it's, it can be very, uh, especially for introverts, right? Like I deal well with introverts, but at first they're like, whoa, this is a lot of paint, <laughs> hair, loud. He's cusses a lot. He's talks shit. What in the heck? You know? He can't be that good of a dude. He can't, right? <laughs> it's just, it's too much, right? Polarizing it's, for sure. It's very polarizing, right? And then God forbid you say something that, well, I'm always going to, dis- if you don't like the people who disagree, then it's, it's worse, right? Because I'll just, so, so people, generally people don't like me at first. I'm, I call myself an acquired taste. And then it's like, well, I know that I'm just going to stick that, I'm going to stick that personality in your face for a long, 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 long time to wear you down. And then finally you get the old, oh, Alex, he's okay. He just misunderstood. <laughs> that is Stockholm syndrome in a nutshell, bro. Oh, man. And it's so true, but it's, it's funny. And yeah, you know, and the other thing for me is like, like I'm, I'm super extrovert, right? Like if on the disc profile, I'm literally a 99 I. It does not go higher for like the people person E, whatever. Uh, but I feed off people. So like, even like if, if you ever were, if someone like, it would just be funny one day to just have like somebody just hire someone and just be like, all right, look, Hey, I'm at this conference for three days. Just follow me. And just like, I am literally the like bounce here, bounce there, bounce there. What's up? Hey, who, who all over the place. And I'll hit like 700 people. And then at the end of the day, I've got like a stack of business cards. It's bigger than my pocket. And I'm like, <sighs> you know, but like the, the podcast is, is great. It's wonderful. It's, it's fun. It's just, it's not always, it it depends on the guests, you know, that's why that's, that's really the reason why I was looking at the idea of a co-host and why, why it's been you is that whether the guest is, because let's be honest, some guests are just lamer than others when it comes to like personality on recording. You see your guest, you can't talk smack about him. No, let me scratch that. Cut that. Don't listen to it. So (laughs) not that, look, I know what you're saying though, right? Like human dynamics. It's the energy level. You know, some, some well, people but, you but click people come on and they're, and they're strangers. It takes sometimes for people to warm up, right? It's awkward. Some, not everybody's very, not everybody has all the experience on podcasts. Not everybody. Sometimes the people are doing their first podcast. Yeah. Us. Yeah. It's nothing against but them. They're not lame. You're they, lame. You know what I meant? They've all been wonderful, <laughs> but it's been good to have another energy source that no matter what can help bring out the hype or the, the energy. Um, and it's actually funny. So you mentioned Brandon was the one who told you about the, be a little extra on. So I sat one day, I asked him when he was in Hawaii at one point, I was like, Hey, can I just sit off to the side while you do a webinar? Like, I want to learn how to do a webinar. Can I just sit over here? Like come over and just hang out and just watch what you do. 
And dude, it was literally like five minutes before the, the webinar starts. He like makes a cup of coffee and he's still chill branded. And it was literally like three, two, one. And it was like completely different person for like 45 minutes. And then afterwards it's like, okay, that was, it it was like, I mean, light switch. And, and that stuck for me too. Uh, In fact, I need to do a better job of it on camera, but it's so true. You gotta, you gotta overhype when you're going to be recorded. That's why I'm on caffeine. I went to to a Grant Cardone seminar years ago before he was, before he did real estate. I walked, I was followed him because he used to do car sales and I was in car sales. So before the real estate thing, I was a big Grant Cardone fan. I'm actually less of a fan of him now these days. Uh, but I went to a seminar with him, right? And he's super hype. And then he or and then he says on stage, he's like, somebody came back to me, saw me backstage before we started, and I was like, and I was chilling. I was mellow. And they're like, how come you're not energy? He's like, it's not the it's not the time. I'm, you know, I do that's out of stage. That's out on stage. So um, and I do the same thing, right? Like, I don't wear this pink t-shirt. And do, you know, it's like I'm chilling in the house, I'm calm. We when we got on 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 uh, before like where the show the show you know you and i are a lot more mellow so i think there's yeah. I think there's partially a natural tendency for people to act and then part of it is a learned behavior it's like hey look i gotta step this up because it's not gonna train my body language is not gonna translate through audio so i gotta like hey i gotta amp it up you know <laughs> i think it's much less of a natural behavior think back to when you first started recording yourself it didn't feel natural to be overhyped if anything you were underhyped it's always weird when you first start I think it's definitely a learned, you have to get comfortable on camera before you can really try to turn it up to 11, as they say. Um, so, um, but no. speaking of extrovert, I'm the same as you. I, I score off the charts on extrovert chart on extrovert measurements, like not like 99, 100% always. There's no, and I have this argument with uh, this girl named Katie here about uh, these teletyping personality tests. I think everybody, I think everybody should, um, should take those all, what's there, four or five of them. There's disc, which I've never done. There's Enneagram, mm-hmm. there's Myers-Briggs and there's the big five. And I think everybody should take them. And then I think you should, you know, know that they're mostly nonsense, but they are, they have usefulness in them. That's good to know. Like if you're sitting there and you're trying to produce content and you don't know if you're extrovert or introvert, or if you need to go to conferences or what these things, uh, it's good to know. It's good to know how you scale in terms of you know these personality t- tests i couldn't you know introverts have a hard time with content a lot of times yeah. and they and 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 but it's also good to know because you can get over it brandon turner is an introvert yes jay scott is an introvert high introverts yep so yeah. it's good to know like you can get past it but you should know where you're at stop trying don't try to force it you know like if it's not your anyway yeah, I mean, and there's you know you can you can start off with a blog and social media stuff where you don't have to be the face or the the voice behind the camera or whatever. Like, because even for me, being as extroverted as I am, it, it took time. It took practice. It's not e- even still like I have Airbnb guests in the house, you know, from time to time, and when when they're home, and I have told myself I have to record a video, I I have a hard time turning it up that extra fifteen percent because I'm like, God, someone in the house is gonna hear me like screaming at my camera like and i and i notice it like i can tell when i'm doing it but i'll notice and i'll be like oh i either shouldn't record right now or i just have to be okay with the fact that i'm gonna be (laughs) really awkward for a little bit so i just let people know i'm like hey by the way i have a podcast if you hear me screaming at my camera um it's totally normal (laughs) and then that makes me feel a little bit better but uh yeah i look forward to when i have a studio and i can just like 
you know, I don't know, yell at my camera and, and hype and jump and bounce and whatever. And like, it's, you know, me dancing in my room in my pajamas type thing. Nobody's around. Nobody cares. Dude, creating content is one of the best things I ever did. I don't do nearly as well as it, as you do, but I'm not structured and I don't have a strategy and as you do, but I, for me, it's been a two year, well, coming up on three years, coming up on three years, two and a half years. It's been a, it's been writing, podcasting, and then now a video. And it's been mostly practice, like just getting it myself comfortable with doing it before I like actually now I'm, I'm just now starting to be a little more strategic where, you know, I did those videos for bigger pockets, which came out this week. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know. They're okay. They're okay. Uh, they're, but they're good. They're good. But go watch them and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thank you. Shameless plug. Um, but uh, you know, like, dude, if you're if you're listening to this, which you are, <laughs> I, I catch I myself saying that sometimes. I check. Yeah, if you're listening to this, and you are, um, produce some content. Whatever it is. If you're introverted, write. If you're yeah. extroverted. You know, do video. I mean, those aren't really, that, that's not really like how it works. Cause I, but maybe that's like an easier way in, but whatever it is like, dude, you gotta get, you'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. And the, the sky is the limit for content, but the ceiling for not producing content is incredibly low. Like you just can't get that far in this new age, especially, you know, dude, it was inevitable, but COVID sped it up. Like internet is a necessary for any, for all success now. Yep. And so people have to know you, they have to see your face. They have to. Yeah. If you're so. doing anything, especially with investors and you don't have a website, like pause this and go build a, some kind of a, like the first thing that anybody who's ever going to think about handing you cash is going to do. It's not your mom is going to go look at your website. And if it doesn't exist, you're not getting that investor's money. So even from just a business, like private money standpoint, like gotta have something. Dude, have I have so pretty. much content on this. It, yeah, my first website, like I spent 60 bucks on WordPress. I designed, it was just a block of text. It was nothing. There was no pictures because I didn't know how to put my photography up there yet, really. Um, there was no menus. There was no pictures. There was no nothing. It was just a block of text. I, sometimes I go to the Wayback Machine on, on the internet. You can check old websites and look at my website from 2017. And it was just, it was just a block of text. It was nothing. I should check that out. You should go check it out. And then I said, I'm going to FinCon. And it was like, just like you said, David, it's like, hey, I'm going to go. These people are going to ask me what my website is. And I don't want to be that embarrassed. I'll be a little embarrassed, but I don't want to be a little embarrassed. Who was it? Was it Paul Th David Thompson? I love Paul. Yeah, he goes, smart um, dude. He goes, let me subscribe to your email list. And I was like, I don't, I, don't, I don't do that. And he's like, what the heck, rookie? And I was like, okay. So I had a website, but then it helped me, you know, like cross that next. The next threshold, you start a website, dude, and then meet other content creators. And, um, and you know, it's a, it's a get better over time thing. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to get started. You have to get comfortable putting yourself out there or don't. And let me and David run rampant uh, over the competition. All right, here we go. October 18th, 2018, two snapshots. Do a screen share. So I, I'm going to, as soon as I, as soon as I pull it, as soon as it loads, we're going to see what my crappy website looked like before I used your recommended web design guy. Yeah. I want to use my guy again to redesign my website and rename my website, but he's gotten so good. He's expensive now. Yeah. He's, I mean, yeah. he's good. He is good. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not super expensive. I'm poor. 
It's not that he's expensive. I'm poor. Yeah. All right. So while you're pulling yours up, I'm gonna pull my up, and then we'll show people. Yeah. To, we'll show you. Um. <laughs> what else? What, 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 while we're talking, what else? Let's see that. Um. Hey, I want to rename my website. Actually, let's. We can talk about this right. Um. We can talk about this right live with everybody listening. Well, it's not live, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, need, right. I think I want to change. Hang I think on. I want to change my um the website my web name. And you're not listening to me. I'm. I am. There we go. Can you see it? Yep. <laughs> Dude, uh, ugly. It worked as plain as fucking possible, man. Let's see what the start here page looks like. Oh, this is just funny. Oh, I can't it, find mine. How come? And you're right. It worked. That's that's all that matters. Yep. Yeah, like you got started. Like uh, nobody cares about your I can't see I can't see it, David. Yeah, it's it's a slow loading website. Like, but dude, yeah. Nobody cares about your old site that when you started and it was garbage. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. They're not gonna look at it. And I didn't even start blogging as like, oh man, I'm gonna build a business. It was like I'm just going to document what I'm doing because someone told me I should start a blog and I respected their opinion. So fuck it. And to think that less than three years later, it's morphed into the ability for me to leave the military. It, well, go reserves, but you know, the ability to have that option and that freedom in my life is not just the website. Obviously real estate played a very large portion in that as well, but I've had opportunities come up from real estate that I wouldn't have had without the platform so like it's it's just been a very mutually beneficial thing to do dude it compounds in people in ways people don't know so like if you're thinking about it it's like start it write a blog write what you think because you know what if anything else and i i i find myself in a weird place with my peers people like you and and, and others that measure success on metrics and i don't do that so much really to my to my own fault sometimes but to give people another perspective the way i grow is is very rarely by metrics and and it's usually by documenting what I'm scared of. And so how do I say this? Like, I know, I truly believe that deep down confidence is the key to all success. Mm. The, your ability to believe in yourself and your um, ideas, and then, then you can sell them to other people and then they manifest into reality. So it starts with self-confidence, what you think you can achieve, and then the confidence to go out and do it. And so all I ever worry about is what I'm not confident in. And then, and then putting myself in uncomfortable positions. That's why I talk about insecurity all the time. Like I'm not that insecure about things that a lot of people are insecure about. I'm actually quite confident in most of those things, but I'm always putting myself in insecure positions of things that are way outside my comfort zone. And so when you put that content out there, if you're scared, go ahead, talk shit, go ahead. I, can I was see just gonna ask what you are insecure about. I'm insecure about a lot of things. That's another podcast. I'm insecure <laughs> about a lot of things. They change um, as you grow, though. It, it, but that's my point. It should no. change as you grow. because you're, If your comfort zone is a circle and you live inside it, right? Life is easy and unfulfilling. And so the idea is to always be on the outside of that circle and then it grows. And so like where most people may be confident, like, you know, right here. And then they don't talk about insecurity. My confidence, dude, is like this. But I'm on the outside of that circle. And that's all I ever talk about. And so... I say all that to say, I don't know what content creation will do for you monetarily, but I know that if you're afraid of it, then you fucking need to do it today because it will grow that confidence 
And let me tell you something else. The barrier to impressing other people is low, right? They go to my website and they're like, this guy's legit. I'm like, is it, am I, I paid somebody to do my website and I put my true authentic self on that website. Right. That's one good thing. That's one thing I'm really good at. I'm very, I'm very transparent and really authentic. And so I don't do it to make money, but it does make me some money because people see it and they're like, this guy's the real deal. Okay. With that said, let me show you my screen. You ready? I'm going to show you my I'm way ready. back machine. This is, from, this is from like 2017. All right. This is before we even met. This is before we even met. Can you see it? Hell yeah. <laughs> I moved to Las Vegas knowing it would be a good move and it's been far better than I thought. So June 12th, look, dude, you see this? Just Who would read this? block of text. This is a block of text. That's one blog. Oh, here's another one. You must love the process. May 15th. This is make your underwriting easy. May 1st. This is 2018. So not that long ago. No. No, this is right around when I was starting up. We, we started fairly same time. You probably had a six-month jump on me. Yeah, you've done a lot better, but you also um, try a lot harder at things <laughs> than me. But look, you know, I hope people, if you're listening to this on audio, you know, you're kind of, we're kind of leaving you in the lurch right now. But if you can scoot over to YouTube. I mean, I can out. describe both of our websites are basically a gray background with a lot of fucking words running all over the place. Like, dude, no, the point of it, nobody, nobody would read that. No. So th that's not the point. The point is that it helped me grow. Right. Because let me tell you a story real quick. Yeah. Like I was so insecure about putting stuff on the internet because, oh my God, what if somebody doesn't like it? Right. That's a, that is a 100% incorrect assumption. That's not really what's going on. And so I said, okay, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to put on the internet. And instantly I realized that I was wrong. I was not insecure. I was arrogant to think that I could put something on the internet and that anybody would even bother to care. Ooh, I like right? that. Like you yeah. think you're going to put something on the internet, make your little website, and then it's going to impact the world in any way. That's not insecurity, my friend. That's arrogance, right? You need to work like very diligently, strategically, and over time to make an impact on the internet. There's a million blogs posted every moment. And so that really helped me realize that what I thought was insecurity was narcissism. And it's actually, it's actually easier to overcome, to become, to be a little more humble about things than it is to be, to overcome insecurity. And so how I framed that was just like, oh, well, now I can put stuff out there because nobody's even reading it. So there's like no, there's no, there's nothing on the line. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm finally good, if I'm finally good, then people will perk up and notice. And so there's no downside to producing con content because if it's bad, no one will care. And if it's good, they'll love you. That's true. I mean, my first few videos on YouTube have, you know, like no views. So, you know, whatever, like who cares? Um, and they were pretty bad and then they continue to be bad and they, 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 you know, whatever they're still not great but you know they work and they get a lot more views um and ultimately if people like your content it'll come back around you know like like the video the articles and stuff that i've posted that you know whatever they they didn't do well nobody knows they exist unless they go digging around in my blog but the articles and stuff that i have produced that did go well like people can find me on google through them you know i mean it's it, 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 yeah, the good stuff will, it's, it's almost like Google's your best friend because it'll help you weed out the shit you don't want people to see anyway. Yes. Yeah. So if you're on the fence about producing content, like dude, me and David both, as we just said, started two years ago, not knowing what we're doing. We still don't. And yet you're listening to this podcast. So it works. Yeah, true. Like true. Yeah. I, I like that. All right. So what's, so what's next? 
I don't even know where to go with this question because I don't know that either of us, both of us are at a point in our life from talking to you that I think you're similar where it's like, it's a fluid future. Like there's things that I, I, I don't know. For me, I'm like, I have ideas of things that I want to accomplish, but I'm not really worried about the how. I'm worried about like, all right, cool. Well, why do I want to the freedom to have more time? Why do I want the ability to have a studio where I can, you know, not have to work out of my house and I can spend time with my family and whatever. But like the how is not, not really what I'm worried about right now. So when I think about like the plan, it's, it's less of a plan and more of a vision at this point. And I'm, it's, it's crazy. Cause I, the transition from going to, I need to plan fucking everything and hope it works. And, and, and I do, I journal, I goal, I, I plan, I do, I plan like my most important next steps, but like, as far as figuring out how I'm going to go from still in the Marine Corps to owning a studio and having my own office in Missouri, like the plan has literally just been, I'm going to look for some properties and, and I have an idea what I want to look for. And, and, and the crazy thing is that since I've made that shift, things have started happening. Like in December, I wrote down that I wanted to host a vet or help with a, I wanted a veteran event and it, it happened. And then I wrote down that I wanted to be able to run X speed by X time and it happened faster. And I wrote down that I wanted to do this and it happened. I wrote down that I wanted to make this much of money. And even right now, like my quote monetary goal is like a passive income number and there's literally no plan to get there. And I can't even like, there is no like, Oh yeah, I know how I'm going to do this. It's like, ah, that's a cool number. Um, that'll allow me to leave the military. And like, how are you going to get there? I don't fucking know. Like, I, I don't know. It's just become more of a, a vision thing. And it's anyway, so I was going to ask what's next for you. But the reality is that I, if someone asked me that, I wouldn't be able to answer. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm in a tough spot right now because I moved back to here to Fayetteville. And the business is, it's good for me to be here, but I hate living here. Um, and, you know, I quit my job. And so I'm kind of like, I have too much free time. It's a hard problem to solve. I know that sounds fucked up. But going to work every day and not have enough money, that's an easy problem to solve because money is easy to make. I mean, it take you two, three years, but then you, don't, then you have enough. Then you can quit your job. But then what? What do you do with all your free time? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a much harder problem to solve. And so now I'm trying to create, and I'm kind of like real estate's on cruise control, right? I'm going to flip probably eight houses this year, my first year trying, right? And I will make like 25 grand a pop. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, that's good, you know. That's not so bad. Plus the passive income. I'd like to buy another multifamily, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, just go find, just go find, get my partner to look for deals and then we'll just buy one. Right. I have investors now that I'll, I think can fund it. I mean, not to say it won't be challenges, but it's not like, it's like, I don't, I'm trying to get wrapped up in ego. You need a bigger challenge. Well, so I'm trying to lean into this creative side. That's a much harder challenge for me. Right. And it's much harder to quantify. Hey, I need X amount of dollars. It's like, a month. It's like, well, then just go buy this amount of deals. Right. It's like, it's kind of easy, but you know, now I'm thinking it's like, how can I stretch my creative talents? Like I want to make a short film. How do you do that? That's harder yeah. in my opinion. Like for a guy like me, it's like, okay, what do you get? Well, what story are you going to tell? Yeah. I, you know, I suck you, at the story part, dude. But that, but to me, it's, that's the next challenge, right? Because real estate's like, again, it's like, it's on cruise control. I buy the houses, I flip the houses. We have enough rentals. I'm going to go buy another multifamily. But again, it's like, dude, you find the deal, you close the deal, you let you manage it. But then like, it's just not, it's an, it's an ego thing, right? It's like, how many numbers, how many doors can you get? Right? Okay, fine. Oh, you have 10,000 doors. Okay. Now what do you do with all the time? You're going to die soon. What are you going to do with the rest of your time? 
Soon. I like that. That's a good word. So I say that. That's, that's how I say it all the time. So I, I've been writing down some very abstract ideas like travel. I want to travel to a bunch of places. Um, you know, and I'm looking up like there's famous places in history. I'm a big history buff. If you don't know this, if anybody doesn't know this about me, I'm a huge history guy. So uh, there's a lot of places in Europe I'd like to go. And um, I'd like to go to the East, but I'm scared to go to like China and stuff a little bit. So I need some friends to do that. So if you want to travel to Europe, which we can't right now, but you, you let me know. Also, so I've been making lists. Like we can start I, a travel blog. I'm going to start a travel blog. So here's, check this out. Here's this idea. This is my next big, but a very audacious, uh, wacky kind of materialistic idea. I'm a, I've been dying for a Porsche my whole life. Uh, they're incredibly expensive. And, and the, the worst part about a Porsche is if you get an older one, they get more expensive. Yeah. Um, so like buying like a 1993 9-11 would cost me like 120 grand <laughs> for, for a nice turbo. So I'd like to buy a Porsche and I'd like to take a picture of it in all 50 states. All 48. Call it 48 states. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't um, know what yeah. So those are the kind of things that I've been thinking about what's next. It's like, you know, the money's going to come. I have enough now, maybe not a super lot, but uh, I'd like to do more event photography when events open up. Um, so, so stay tuned yeah, for the next YouTube channel. Dave and Alex get drunk in random places. I'm down for that. I'm down for that. I'll I, never, I'll die. I have all time. kinds of travel, travel, travel goals for the world. So yeah. Yeah. Let's let's travel. I'm down for that. Um, and I got we both have nice cameras. We can we can tell some good stories. And, and one, one of us, us knows, knows how to use, how to use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Zing! Look at that. Look at that. I knew Look it was that. coming. I knew it was yeah. coming. <laughs> for the record, that's uh, not that me. Good. That was perfect. <laughs> all right. You're a good yeah, co-host. Alex and I don't get along at all. What are you? <laughs> okay, let me just let me agree to bring my my 100th episode. Bring on someone to the show to just talk shit at me. No, um, that would be cool. And I'm I'm you know what's great about having a camera like this? I don't have to know how to use it. It fucking does everything for me. Now I know that there's a ton of stuff that I could do to improve, but I mean, this camera has been such a blessing for me. Just the autofocus alone for being able to actually like leave my house and film stuff outside. Like that has just completely changed. Cause before, I mean, you saw what I had to do to get my stupid camera to focus. It was not, it was not ideal. If I took it off, it was a pain in the ass to get it set up again, to do videos at my house. But now I've got two tripods, three locations in the house and I can just fucking like drag it to the beach, drag it outside to the park, drag it, whatever. Hey, let me ask you on that note. Um, I've been doing photography for a while now. I'm pretty good at it. Um, yeah. I, I want to, I'm asking you, but I'm asking your guests too. Not that I doubt that they know me as well as they know you, but my website's called brokersofchoice.com. It started as a place for me to talk about personal finance and real estate. Mm. And then I don't talk about personal finance hardly at all anymore. I basically just put my deals on there and then I put like adventures and my mindset stuff on the website. And it's become more about a, it's been, it's become more about lifestyle than it is and my real estate deals for sure, but more about real than it, lifestyle than it is about. Um, uh, and I do a lot of book content. And I think I want to change the name from Brokers of Choice. And I was going to start a second website just for the pictures and whatnot, but I thought that was too much work. Um, and it's not like I monetize that website. So I was thinking about changing my website name from Brokers of Choice to Life is a Choice. And then putting a lot more creative content on there without having to be like, well, I'm going to alienate my super limited anyway user base. And then to take 
that one step further, I was thinking about making my YouTube a lot more creative content too. Like I showed you a little downtime video and I was thinking about doing photography type content. Like, Hey, you want to buy a DSLR? Here's what, here's, here's, cause I know some stuff now, right? I've been through three full frame. I've been through my mom, my second full frame camera, by the my, my third. And you know, I know the lenses, I know the technical aspects of how those cameras work. And so I was thinking about doing that stuff. So I was thinking about your thoughts. What should I do? Should I keep them separate or should I just integrate them? It's me, call it me, change the website name a little bit to be a little more encompassing. Cause I'll tell you what, given the broke is a choice website name to creatives, it's not a good fit. Mm. They don't like that. It's not as punchy. Finance yeah. people, real estate people, they like it. I was gonna say, I like it, but that makes sense. If you're going to try to do anything with uh, like brand or creative or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really do like the name of your, your channel, but, or your, your blog, but that is definitely an understandable thought process. Life is a choice is, is pretty catchy too. Uh, I mean, it's not quite as asshole as broke is a choice, which I think is why I like it. Cause that fits your, fits your demeanor, your persona. I could keep the URL and use it like, yeah, I could keep the URL and like, you know, Hey, get business cards. If I go to a finance conference, hand that out. If I go to another place, I can mm. hand out the business cards, to the other one and, and kind of, I can do it that way. It'll still be life as a choice, but you have like a landing page and I could just be like, Hey, look, I yeah. changed the name and here's why, but you know, I'm still, I like that. Me. I think you could probably do very well with the channel talking content and talking, uh, about like cameras and stuff. I've got a friend, uh, Chris winter who has like a half a million subscribers on YouTube and he, he does well that channel he started doing just like reviews on cameras and stuff. Um, I think the really cool benefit to that because you're good with a camera because you have the personality and, and some of those guys are, I, I like a lot of that stuff. Like when I first started getting into this, that was where I learned some basic stuff was like, there's a few channels I follow for advice on that. Some of those guys are very monotone and the ones who do very well are great with a camera, but they have the personality. So you, I think you could break into that niche, The really cool benefit for you. If that's something you're looking to do is going to be that as that grows, companies are going to send you gear to review companies are going to still like, I know that's not why you're looking at getting into it, but like, can you imagine as a photographer who started as a hobbyist and is now a business or whatever, you're getting sent a $2,000 lens to, you know, review or whatever. Like that's not far fetched. And that's, that's that, cool. Yeah. The, I've been looking at that Canon RF 85 1.2. Oh mm. my God. It's like three grand, right? That's the one that's like 2,900. Like yeah. Yeah. But it might be worth it, bro. I'm going to, if I go to, if, well, the next conference I go, I'm going to, I'm going to buy one for sure and bring it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I could do some gear, but I'm just curious your, your initial thoughts about should I keep those separate or should I say it doesn't matter? I'll do my real estate stuff on my YouTube and I'll do, you know, some photography review stuff. Who cares? And the website will be the same thing. And it'll just be me. I think if you, I mean, it could go either way. I, I have started to look at things as like uh, the business funds, the real estate and the real estate is a big piece of it. And so I try to talk everything and I've just slowly morphed over time. I think, I think if you keep it all as you and you focus more as like, it's a personal brand. So like at the end of the day, the military millionaire community focuses on, you know, real estate, entrepreneurship, personal finance, but like you, my personal finance videos are minimal. But what I've started to realize is I need to do more like military content. So like I'm working on a video right now. That's like uh, pros and cons of becoming a Marine or something like that, because I saw that there's three channels that have less subscribers than I do that all have videos over 50,000 to a hundred thousand views. One of them has 
the same amount of subscribers I do and like 140,000 views on a video like that. So I'm like, okay, that's a con that's a topic that I need to do a video about because it'll bring more people into the fold. And what I've realized is yes, I'm about this niche, but if I can't figure out how to get in front of people who don't already know that they need this niche, then I'm never going to help enough people. So how do I do that? Well, I do more military specific content, which is not necessarily what started, but I'm still, I'm like, I just never clicked like, yeah. So I'm a quote expert in like military real estate investing or, or entrepreneurship or whatever. Like people view, come to, to listen to me talk about stuff like that and help them out. I've also been doing the Marine Corps longer than all of that shit. So if anything, I'm more than qualified to talk about the military in general and I don't do it enough. Um, so I think, I think the fact that you've spent years building up the, the ability to talk about cameras and creativeness, I think that absolutely can just mold in. Um, I don't see any reason why you have to segregate those things. I've like, they're, they're mutually beneficial. I mean, I the, literally real estate photography is a niche. So, I mean, you could, you can easily combine those things. I think that's how I started in photography. Yeah. I went off and I found a real estate photographer to teach me so I could take pictures of my own real estate. And then I was like, Hey, you know what? I found out real quick that I hate real estate photography as a niche. Interesting. Um, yeah, well, in photography, it's like it's like real estate, right? It's like just because you do real estate, what kind? Yeah. What kind? Well, photography is the same way. Do you shoot portraits? Do you shoot events? Do you shoot sports? Do you shoot, you know, I mean, high school sports? Do you shoot pageants? Do you shoot weddings? Uh, like, do you like, like I do lifestyle type photography where I tell stories. Um, and then other people do all sorts of different stuff. I hate, and then real estate photography, architectural photography, product photography. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, and, um, so yeah, I, I, those, they do overlap a lot for me. So I'm just kind of feeling it out. I really don't want to run two sites. I don't even do much on my own site enough. Um, yeah, keep it simple. Yeah, but I need to change the name. So if you hear this before I change the name, which is probably correct. And you want to give me some advice, um, listeners, please. I need all the help I can get. Or if you think this is a good or a bad idea, tell me. If you think if it's a bad idea, tell me. If you think it's a good idea, just let me go. I already know it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so let's see we'll give another good question or two and then we'll we'll kind of roll into our normal closers because as much as you and i can literally talk for hours nobody's going to listen to our two or three of us rambling so um not you me <laughs> all right so trying to think of i had a good one there for a second um let's talk about um oh i got one so the way I was going to preface it with the way you and I met and how, um, the, uh, besides content, besides real estate, besides personal finance, whatever your hobbies are, like, in my opinion, the 100% best investment by a long shot is people easily, easily. I have even a, I have schmucks a, like me, even schmucks like David. I have a, I have an excessive amount of content on my website about this. Like people are the best investment and it's amazing how they compound, how the relationships compound. And so, I talked about Lee Huff. Lee Huff helped me buy my, my first place. He helped me start my website. He helped me go to FinCon. At FinCon, I met this mustachioed idiot. Looks. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I, won't, I won't name names. Um, and now you fast forward that for two years and now we're here. And God knows what's going to happen in 10 years. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have that, I have that blackmail picture of you that uh, I have a few of them actually that, uh, no, not that one. <laughs> the, 
puke one. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just don't know. God forbid you get successful. <laughs> yeah, people like you, friends like you are the reason I'm never going to run for public office. Yeah, you know, well, you, you hear about all these skeletons getting dragged out of the office or out of the closet. Mine aren't well, in the fucking closet. Like, they're friends pretty easy me. to find. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... That was you a know, great night. I don't know what I, that morning wasn't so great, but that night was great. <laughs> don't I don't try remember. to hang. Don't try to hang with Alex. Don't do don't. It. Yeah, that's a mis- that's a mistake, bro. Don't do it. I don't know how I don't made try it to the hang room. With me. We, you should try, but just be ready to be embarrassed. Yeah. Um, and I'll get up earlier than you and go mingle mingle too. Um, I met a was it what night was it at BPCon that I I met Julian Sage. I like Julian, but we had a really. Know awkward interaction and then um he irks me in some some certain little ways but good dude but we met and i was just hung over and cranky and i was just being self-deprecating i was like whatever but uh i was but i was drunk and i was up (laughs) um unlike uh, me who was drunk and laying and yeah anyway but people and so (laughs) if you're an introvert like this is why i started my web my video chats my website like introverts you know the, the small investment in people, and we talked about Stockholm syndrome earlier, like the small investment in people, the genuine and continuous spanning of those flames, those relationships, man, they really just, I can't, I mean, I didn't think that this would ever happen. You know, us doing this podcast, hundred episodes now. Um, and I don't know what's happening next, but you know, it wasn't, if it wasn't for people like you and Spencer, I wouldn't have done my YouTube, which is nothing, but it's going to, it'll turn into something for sure. Um, without people like Mindy, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have been able to get on the bigger pockets podcast, which really, you know, jumped me forward, uh, meeting Zach at bigger pockets conference. I mean, dude, the list goes, I, I don't even want to, I hate saying lists of people because it's like, Oh God, there's inevitably a million people I'm going to forget. Um, and so it's like a twofold thing, but fanning the flame of those old relationships and then making sure you're always finding new ones. And, um, I do it with conferences cause I love conferences, but if you're an introvert, like do it online. Um, BP pod, uh, forums are, are perfect, but um, yeah, I just wanted to, if you have any good stories about like people that you had new ideas, like we did Josh, uh, Josh um, Elledge. Yeah. And I met him at, uh, at FinCon. I was holding my camera and he's like, what kind of camera is that? And I was, I had the new R, I just got it. And um, you know, we talked cameras, but I had no idea that he was like a super mega star uh, content. And you know, now we're, I don't want to say we're buddies, but you know, he knows me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, a little connection goes a long way. I, I think so. So Doug Nordman is like the first person I ever met who was like legitimately like, Oh shit. He is the connector. Like this guy. Um, I, I remember going to the military influencer conference. So the first year I was at FinCon at piggybacked uh, and I went directly after or right before that to military influencer conference. Cause he told me I should go to both if I'm going to one. And I remember like by like day two, it was like, I'm going to stop introducing myself as Dave and just say like, I'm here with Doug. Like everybody knows Doug, you know, it was just crazy. Um, but I think the more that I grow and build this platform that like the networking piece, like that's becoming the most valuable, like quote, superpower that I have, like the being able to connect people with other people and, and build relationships is, I mean, that's a huge, huge gift because it's all about people. And so to have a network where you can reach out to somebody everywhere and be able to solve problems is just, it's cool. 
Yeah, and people want to help. Every dollar you're ever going to make, look, there's no currency in nature. It's man-made. Every dollar you're ever going to make is going to come from another human being. Somebody's going to write you a check. Um, and so again, back to our goal setting, it's like, I don't have goals. I have how many people I say, I just need to invest in people that I think, well, first you got, you got to know who's a good investment. That's part of it. Um, how do you weed it out? I don't know. That's a good, that's, that's a really good question. You know what how I do? do? You know this has me. been, this has been my most recent thing. So because I can't keep up with everybody that at this can sound like I'm an asshole, I can't keep up with the people who reach out. I, I, like without a calendar app, right? Like I just, I've gotten so busy and it mainly because the Marine Corps still eats nine hours a day that I don't have a cell phone. So there's only so many hours. And so I have to use this app and, the, and I'll tell you this cause I was going to make a rant about it today. Cause it happened again today. I, for the last three weeks, I've had every seven in the morning slot full with somebody for an introduction call. And at least 35% of those don't call probably half. And it says very clearly, like, you must call me. Like, I'm not – because if, if somebody really wants to connect, like, they'll pick up the phone and they'll call you at the time that they scheduled. So the first thing that I do to weed someone out right now is if you schedule a call with me and you don't no tell me that you're not going to call, then you just burn that bridge. Like, you're going to have to work twice as hard to convince me to reschedule. Not because I don't want to talk to you, but because you clearly didn't value my time enough for this to be a mutually beneficial relationship. That's, that's a specific one, but I think the idea is sound, right? Like this is something that people don't say out loud enough, but nobody is going to care more about you than you. And so if you need to reach out to David to get ahead and you don't care enough to do it, David's not going to care enough. And David already, David already knows David. David doesn't have to connect with David. It's true. Like you have, so that, that's a good one, right? I always make sure that's a very good one. I, and I couldn't see now that we're flushing out the, the like, I look for people's actions, right? And I say, do they, are they, are they, do they care about themselves more than they care about the, see, I'm, what I'm really good at is separating talk from action. Uh, I can just, I've, I have a gift of watching what people do and ignoring everything they say. Another and- <laughs> really good one that ties in with that is, is exactly that. If you come to me and ask for advice on something and I give you like three different ideas and, and you don't do them, but you do something else, okay. But if I give you advice on like three different ideas and you do one of them, great. If I give you like three different ideas though, and you don't do anything and then you still have the same problem in a month, like we're done. Like you're not. So like, and I say that like I'm an asshole, but I have had a few, the privilege of a few good coaches or, or just, I say coaches, I say mentors, but like just friends, just people who invested in me. Like I try to invest in others. And at one point I remember asking a friend, like a mentor of mine, like, dude, how is it that like, you know, I, I forget how the conversation came up, but this guy basically told me like, you know, the reason that you guys still talk, right. And the reason you help. And I was like, no, yeah, I was totally clueless is what he's getting at. And he was you know, someone much smarter than me. And he basically was like, the reason that person still helps you with things is because when he gave, when you asked for advice and he gave you something, you did it. And like, that's the piece. People will ask you for advice all day and you see it. Like the more you talk to people, the more you see that people come to you, they ask for advice, they pick your brain, which I hate that phrase because it's like, yeah, sure. Here's some free 99 like of my time. Um, you know, like I get it, but it's, it's, a, it's a frustrating phrase because the idea is just like, oh, sure, here you go. Just please just, just pick away at my brain for hours. But 
they come and they pick your brain and they want this advice and they want this, that, and the other, and then you give it to them. They do fucking nothing with it. And then they want to schedule another call because they're still stuck. And it's like, no, that's not my, like, I, I want to help you. But at some point, if you're not willing to help yourself, I have other people that will take my advice and will try to act like you don't have to succeed at it. You don't have to take my advice, but if you don't do anything, then why, why do I want to jump on another call and take more time to talk to you? People love their handheld, but uh, to, to your, you asked me a question. I didn't have any, I didn't say, I said, I don't know, but I actually have written about this. Uh, so I wrote an early article about on BP about finding mentors. I've written a few actually. And to your point, I think there's the common advice is, if you want to find a mentor, find a way to trade value. And I think that's an incredibly small part of it, actually, to be honest. I know that's the overwhelmingly common advice. Like you want to find a mentor, yeah. it's like find some way to give them value. You know, if you can, that's great. But there's a lot of times, you know it, I know it, that you help people that don't, they have no value to bring you. You're just helping. Yeah. And that's, and, and so why does that happen, right? Nobody ever talks about that. That's overwhelmingly what happens. People help with no trade of value at all. And so how come nobody says that? And so what I think it really comes down to is people want to invest. Look, everybody here is an investor. So I want to make good investments. Well, people are the best investment. So how do I determine who's a good investment? And so just like you said, first show up and show up a lot. This is what like, when you go to meetups, like this is part of it, right? It's not going to the meetup. It's going every month. So people get used to your face and like that guy's committed. That guy, he's, he's a staple. He's not going anywhere. That's a good, like go to the conferences, go to the meetups, go to virtual events, show up on groups, post on BP forums, post, post, but like show up, be there. Like that's part of it. Okay. He's not going around. He's not going away. So I might as well, I'll participate with him. But if I think you're going to be gone in a month, you know, just go in a day. So part of it is showing up being repeated. Secondly is, um, you know, I want to make sure that I want to see that you're improving more than I want to see that you care more than anybody else. And then the last one, and I'm just spitballing here, is like, dude, I'm looking at your trajectory. And if I think you're going to make it, like everybody, rock stars will be around, hang out with rock stars. And so sometimes you just get a feel for somebody, right? Or how about this? Are you talking about the future or are you talking about the past? Like little stuff, right? What are you working on? Are you reading books or are you um, whatever? Did you fail because of someone else or did you fail yeah. because you didn't learn something? Self-responsibility, I'm big on like, there's certain keys to, to uh, I, guess, I guess it's just, it's not much more than maturity, honestly, but it's a timeline, right? Because everybody's gonna mature. The key is to do it faster than your peers. You wanna be 30 at 25. You wanna be 40 at 30, right? Like that's really how, the key. How old am I? Am I 40? You're like 21, you're a fucking idiot. God damn, that's the other way around. I was, hoping I, I was I was hoping, so there we go, 40 at 30, baby. Yeah, I have the wisdom of a 50-year-old and the looks of a 27-year-old. Dude, I am like... I am, I'm probably the other way around. No, it's not the other way. No, there's... <laughs> oh, the I me. I'm the other way around. Oh, yeah, you're the other way. Yeah, that's I got the looks of a 40-year-old and the uh, maturity of a fucking Marine. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're good. That's why I'm here to pick up your slack. Um, I appreciate you. So, so, like, there's this guy uh, in Las Vegas, uh, Gary Crawford. As soon as I met this guy, he was 25 or 26. As soon as I met this guy, I'm like, this dude's a rock star. He's killing it. I could just feel it. He was, it was oozing off of him. And I invested a lot in this guy. And, um, you know, he's had, his, he's had his troubles along the way. And um, he's got his ass kicked a little bit by life because life will, uh, life's going to do that. Life's going to do that. If you haven't had your ass kicked by life, then I'm telling you one thing for certain, 
that I know unequivocally, like, like, the, like a law of physics. If you haven't got your ass kicked by life, it is forthcoming. No one gets through unscathed. Um, and so Gary's having a little bit of a, you know, he's, he's, he's had some really good wins and now he's getting his ass kicked a little bit. And it's like, dude, I knew that was coming. And so now I invest in him even more because it's like, you want to get through, you want to get people that you know are going to go place. You want to get them through those tough times. Um, it's good to help when they're up, but the people who are really good don't really need your help so much when they're winning. They need your help when you're, when you're, when they're struggling. Um, but sometimes you can just tell, you can ooze it off somebody, guy who has 20 something, 30 units and has done a bunch of flips and wholesales at 26. It's like, dude, at 26, I was you know, blacked out drunk three, four nights a week. It's a crazy thought to think like there's this circle of like entrepreneur, like guru leaders, right? Like there's the like, everybody knows Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, Ty Lopez, uh, Ed Milet, Bedros Koulian, you know, whoever, right? Like there's this like group of people that I know or follow. And there's all kinds of groups, depending on what you follow, you're going to know all these people who have huge followings have been massively successful and they, and, and they seem to know each other, right? Like a lot of them, there's a connection, whether it's an old connection or a newer connection or whatever, but they're all in their like 45, 55 age range. Right. And they're all like, so I find myself thinking sometimes as I'm hanging out with people and I'm like, Holy shit. Like in a decade, like that guy's going to be the next, you know, whoever. And that guy's going to be the next because Grant Cardone may never stop, but some of those guys are going to, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm, dude, I'm rich. Yeah. I have a bot, a boat. Dude, I have like a decent amount of money and it's not that much. And I'm already like, I have enough. What do I keep working for? I can't imagine if you had 40 million, you're like, what are you still like? I, like, yeah. like buy everything you want and go do everything you want and don't worry about making money ever again. And, and at that point, honestly, you probably, anything you do make it would make a lot. So yeah. it's kind of like, <laughs> like put, you put can 30 million it. of it in bonds and just live off the interest blow the yeah, other 10 like whatever. yeah make a little bit of well once you're worth once you work some money too and you can just go off and be like hey look here's how i made my here's how i made 10 million bucks it's like people throw money at you um yeah. uh but yeah i mean some people will quit some people will keep going um it's interesting who you hang out with like uh it's sometimes demoralizing when i hang out with people that are younger than me that have done way more than me and they're just getting started and I'm like, that, that's, that's an ego check. But also you got to remember, like there's the overwhelming, it's anecdotal. The mo most people, I worked in a bank for a long time. Let me tell you something about this country. Most people are broke. I worked in the car business too. Most people have car payments they can't afford and not enough money in the bank. Like they're struggling. So if you're hanging around with people that are doing well, I, I, I have to go, I struggle with this, but I, go, I hang out with people that are doing really well and are younger than me. And my first instinct is to get my e ego hurt. And my second instinct is like, I must be doing something right because these guys are, unbelievable rock stars this is not the norm yeah the other thing is well you know my my bit is macroeconomics um if you're my age if you're 35 and you went through um the 2008 collapse in a in a much more vulnerable position then your situation is a lot different than somebody who's 26 who just had a 10-year economic run like none like none other um and so the the longer term economy will balance some of that out too um but it's good to do if you can be around young people that are killing it people younger than you then it it sucks a little bit but overall i think it's a win i agree all right book resource what do you got i love books so much i know books changed my life man. that's why i asked it so vaguely because i knew it'd be hard to answer 
you know, the problem with books is it's like the what, the books that worked for me worked at the right time. Like you can't just go off and get, you know, a book that I never talk about that really changed everything for me. That would be good for everybody to listen to or read the richest man in Babylon. That's a good one. That book, cause that book made it like, Oh, spend less than you earn. Oh, who fucking knew? <laughs> right. But I was an idiot. So if you're, if your personal finance is not where you want it to be like that book, just it's harmless. It can't hurt. There's no dogma. It's just good rules of money. And some of them are, I still listen to, right? Some like, what's the fifth rule of gold? Like, don't put it into something you don't know. Don't give it to people you don't trust. Don't go after quick gains. Don't chase um, shiny bouncy ball syndrome. Like stick to the basics. It'll work. Um, but to this day, Nassim Taleb, Antifragile still two years later. Uh, I think I'm going to reread them and do a deeper dive review on them. They changed my life. The economic principles and the philosophy. I, listen, I think I honestly want to get some of that shit tattooed on me. It's a good, um, good series for sure. I'm glad you recommended those to me. I'm trying to think of what else that I really, I have a list on my website. Um, if you have kids, the coddling of the American mind is a good um, social book. It's yeah. a really important book right now. Um, Chris Hitchens. There's a book called letters to a young contrarian. A very, you'll never see this book recommended by anybody but me. Um, it's a, not a difficult read, but the guy's got a unique style. Chris Hitchens is very uh, abrasive, which I like. Um, and it's how to go into the world and disagree when you're social, you know, it's very hard to disagree right now with people. Uh, you get a lot of social backlash. And so the whole book is like, how do you deal with that? And it's a, it's a good, it's a good primer. Uh, Jordan Peterson wrote 12 rules for life. Uh, it's a little bit more popular than the books I usually read, but you know, he's smart. Stand up straight with your shoulders back and take the terrible responsibility of life. That's fucking good advice, dude. Um, the art of war. If you haven't read it, um, I live, I have a tapestry of the art of war hanging in my bedroom. Um, I got a quote here for, by, uh, by Sun Tzu that I, I, another one that I, I love by when the enemy is relaxed, make them toil when full starve them when settled, make them move. I live by that. <laughs> um, Nietzsche, the spoke Zarathustra. What a fantastic book about individuality and uh, achieving your, uh, your, uh, your ultimate self. So I'm rambling. I know. I, I don't know if anybody's going to read those books, but they're good I got, ones. I got nothing now. So, and, and they're all on my website. Yes. Yes. This, this episode will be titled Alex shamelessly plugs his entire existence. <laughs> no, just I don't have to be shame. I don't have to be shameful. It's all awesome stuff. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm in your book club and bigger pockets Dude, bigger pockets as a resource. Like, you know, Dude, they're so big now. We just take them for granted. But that that I've been on there for eight years, seven years now, and they are changing lives, man. Yeah. Go get their pro membership and tell them, uh, tell them, you know, tell them I sent you. Go get their pro membership. Like they earned that fucking money. They're providing super value, dude. Yeah. Bigger pockets. I'm so thankful for them. They changed my life. Dude, they. I mean, not only are they awesome, but they're awesome people too. Like they. They just donated a, a pro membership for a year to somebody in my Facebook group and three books. Like I didn't ask them to do that. I asked them, Hey, you guys want to do some cross promotion type thing on Facebook groups? And they were like, I was like, I'm thinking about paying to give this away to some of my members. And they were like, no, we'll just donate it. Like, Oh, okay. Like $700 worth of stuff. Sure. Thanks. Or 600 or something like that. Like they're really cool. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible people. Um, yeah. Mindy's one of my close friends one of my very close friends. Um, and, uh, you know, I, Zach really helped me out with the video series. Um, uh, 
Scott Trench and I are pretty pretty tight buddies these days. Um, Before smart or after guy. you grilled him? Before. <laughs> <laughs> Been radio silence ever since. Not. <laughs> we haven't talked much since then, but we only we 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 run into each other here and there. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just yeah. Zach at VP. Uh, he does the video side. He's just he's an incredible. Jessa, who let me vlog there. Yeah. Um, um what a, whole, what a great the whole community and, is just awesome yeah. yeah yeah i mean their editor is helping me on the side edit my book like Dude, they don't they don't hire anybody bad no they're all rock stars they're all great they're all rock stars except for you what about you book resource i know you're they hired you so i don't know if i can say that anymore but what we were agreeing that everyone at Bigger Pockets hires is a rock star, and then I realized they hired you for photography. So I don't know. I got canceled. No, that's true. Maybe that's why they were like, "Oh man, we don't want to tell Alex no." So just we'll just cancel the whole, the whole event. <laughs> yeah. We don't want his wrath. Uh, you know, for me, that's such a good question. Like, I have a few books up here. Um, honestly, "Man Up" by Bedros Koulian is one that. It, I, it just resonated with me. It was the first book that I ever read that like really hit home about why I needed a vision and how to create a vision. Um, but it's more about just like, as the title says, like manning up when shit sucks. Um, I got some other four hour work week was a really good one for me because the military mentality for work is unfortunately a lot of people think of like, I am going to get, how do I get, the least amount done and go home at 1630. Like how do I like, it's just salary jobs in general. There's like this mentality of like, okay, I have to get this much done to keep my job. I go home at this time. Like how can I get this much done in that amount of time? Whereas once you become like an entrepreneur, the mentality instantly needs to change to like, how do I get the most amount of shit done in the least amount of time to get more volume done or have some free time with my life um, so that, that book was really helpful for me as far as just the mentality shift for like getting, like being efficient with things and hiring virtual assistants and stuff. Um, man, there's been a lot of good, I'm like looking up here cause I always, I try to come up with something different, but it, it just a lot of, I mean, some of those classic books, like how to win friends and influencers. It's a good one. If you want to learn how to talk to people, I really like the book, uh, the like switch, which is like nonverbal cues and, uh, and uh, never split the difference, which is like negotiation. Like those, I I, I kind of like those. I know that's not your thing. I, I like some of those. It's the same book, How to Win Friends and Influence People and Never Split the Difference are the same book. They're almost identical in my One, opinion. Eh, anyway, so, anyway. Uh, you know, I, I like... Like I am kind of like Alex and I differ because I'm one of those who's like I need to learn about this. Let me go find a specific book on that topic. Um, and so I kind of like to read more specific stuff like that. As far as like, oh man, I could say like the Miracle Morning because I know that would just make you fall out of your chair and die. But um, that's not one I would say. Uh, you know, there's just I think I think you hit it on the head when you said the right book for the right time the right place you are in life. I think that's the key. And, you know, a, a couple other smart people have said that on the podcast. Like, it's not about the specific book. It's about what you need to learn to grow. It's also not about one book. That's a mistake that a lot of people make. Hey, what book should I read? It's like all of them. Yeah. All of them. Every day you should read a little bit. I read a book uh, yesterday. I've got to finish it this morning called Fahrenheit 451. Apparently people read it in high school. It's a dystopian fiction book about hmm. burning books, ironically. And what, why would you, what do you need books for? What's in those things? And um, it's 
it quickly became one of my favorite. It's going to be, it's going to be one of my favorite books of all time. I like dystopian novels anyway. Um, but this one happened to be about books, but, um, I would have never read that book. I don't like much like fiction. I would have never read that book had uh, I not shared a, sh a love of books with a mutual friend and we were looking for a book to read together. And that one was both on our list um, or on my potential list. And um, you know, it's like, you gotta read all of them. You gotta read all of them. That's the key. Not one book, not the best book. An hour Just a day, reading. two hours a day, whatever it is, books. Dude, change your life. And it'll make you so, um, so few people do it. It's like the way to become most, let me tell you something else it does. At first, it makes you super competitive because most people don't read that many books. And when they do, they get through the list of, especially in our circle, they get through the list of the self-help staples. And then it's like, you got 10 of these done. And now what? Most, you know, how to win friends, the E-Myth, for our work week, um, Miracle Morning, 10X rule. You know, it's like 10 of them. And then, and then okay, but now what, what about the rest of the world? You know, when are you going to read Dawkins and Selfish Gene and all these other things? Um, the other thing that books will do is they'll give you intellectual confidence like nothing else. You want to be, be confident that you know what you know and you know what you don't know? Read some books because you'll realize every time I read a book, I'm like, oh, I have five more books to read about the things that I, had, I just learned how little I knew. And so it gives you a little bit of humility. And then it also you start realizing like, well, most people don't read any books. So now you become a cerebral stud compared to um, most of the competition. So dude, books is like, and it's cheap and it doesn't take, you know, a little here and there. It's like, dude, just quit watching. You don't have to watch The Office the 47th time. You don't have to watch whatever nonsense you're gonna watch on TV. Just suck it up, read that damn book for a little while. You'd be surprised the way it'll change your life. Books, 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 books. Yep. And there's no downside. No downside at all. No downside. They're cheap. Thriftbooks.com. I ordered, I spend a lot of money at thriftbooks.com. I buy them on Audible and then I buy them in hard coverage so I can have them. Um, thriftbooks.com. Check it out. I should because I, yeah, I kind of do the same thing, especially if it's a book that I really feel like there's more to unpack. I'll buy it hard copy and read it again. I leave so. books out and I just open up the random pages and look through them and get ideas and, and just. Yeah. All right. It's been like, Fuck an hour and a half. <laughs> um, so I feel like we should probably wrap this up. Hey, if I could talk to the listeners, if you are in North or South Carolina or Virginia or somewhere within a three hour, four hour radius of me, um, and you want to do a video project or a photography project, reach out. I'm looking for stories to tell and people to create things with, um, whether it's real estate or whatever. Um, let me know. I'm using, I'm, this is my real shameless plug. Just let me know. I want to do some creative stuff with uh, people in the community. So let's put something together. And if you're in Southern California, so am I. Ta-da, that's my plug. Yeah, you got East, you got both coasts, bro. Yeah. Eventually I'll be in the Midwest and then we can, then I can talk you into driving 10 hours to come hang out with me. Pass. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll put you up in like a shitty eviction unit at some point and can crash for free on the fucking linoleum. Nice. <laughs> all right. I, I don't have any cool exit for this, so we're just going to hit the end button and hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you to the listeners for listening to 100 episodes of this, and thank you, David, for having me on here. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, listeners, you guys, it's, it's been a great audience. You guys all know that. I talk shit to you all, which means I love you. So. Um, it's been, oh, look, the dog's up. We got the doggo in the background. Doggy!
military? All right, that's a good ending. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.